Welcome to Sports Bites. Welcome to Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. Chris Joseph. Are you a sports fanatic who loves the thrill of the game and the delicious food that accompanies it? And then they had uh, chicken fingers, exotic chicken fingers. Join us as we dive into the world of sports and the delectable bites that make the experience even better. Whether you're in the stadium, tailgating, or watching from the comfort of your home. Get ready to satisfy your sports cravings with Chris Joseph on Sports Bites. Bites. Let's dig in. Oh, that's right. Let's dig into episode 39, everybody. Hope you're having a good day wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Again, we're towards the end of the football season, and I started this right at the beginning, and I just I want to say thank you to everybody that's listened, everybody that's subscribed, everybody that's left a comment, that spread the word. I thank you. Um, this is a lot of fun for me, and I hope you enjoy it too, and I hope you keep coming back, and we're looking to continue to make this grow, but this is a big show. This is Reaction Monday show to what happened this weekend in college football. It was championship weekend. Those games took place on Friday and Saturday to find out who was going to be in the college football playoffs. Sunday, the college football playoffs were announced. and Oh, oh was X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, even Facebook. Man, college football fans were all over the place. There was a lot of people who were not happy. There's a lot of people who are happy. We're going to break down what happened in the college football playoff show. Who's in? Who's the four teams in? And we'll talk about some of the bowl games coming up. I'm going to do a whole breakdown of the bowl games. I'm going to get a bunch of guys on coming up. I got to get my guy Sean Clinch on to talk about Texas and you know them making it into the playoffs. Um, I'm going to get Maskalicki on from USA Today. I'm going to try to get a bunch of people on over the next couple of weeks through bowl preparation as it, it's one of the fun times of the year, you know, ESPN does the, it's the most wonderful time, you know, with bowl mania. So I got to start looking ahead and it's going to be more than I give them a six or six picks. I'm going to pick every bowl game out there and I'm going to see how good I can do, but let's jump right into it. You know, start tearing meat off the bone Friday night, Oregon and Washington, Allegiant stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, a rematch. Washington won the first game very close. Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix. You talk about you know, who won this game, could possibly put themselves in the front running for the Heisman. Obviously, we'd probably put them in a control position for a playoff game. And Washington came out early and really just exerted their will on Oregon. Now, Michael Penix Jr. had a great night. 319 yards, one TD. He did have an interception. Dylan Johnson came in. And, man, 28 carries, 152 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen McMillan coming back is a big part for that offense. I mean, I know everyone thinks about Roma Dunze and what he brings, but those two guys now with 100 yards in that game, McMillan had 131, Adunze had 102. The big thing for me throughout the game, Bo Nix was your leading rusher for the Oregon Ducks. That spelled disaster for me. If I'm an Oregon fan, Bucky Irving had to have a better day, and he didn't. Nine carries, 20 yards. That's a 2.2-yard carry, an average. Not good. Troy Franklin, your best receiver, four catches, 130. So kudos to Washington for taking away what was Oregon's strength. But Washington jumps out 
and it goes into the half at 20 to 10, right? 20 to 10, you're thinking Washington's in control. Washington's in control. This is going to be really interesting what happens the remainder of this game. Can Washington pull away, secure this victory? Now, Terrence Ferguson had a touchdown right before the half because it was 20 to 3, and it was not looking good for the Ducks. They get the ball, come back in the second half, Terrence Ferguson another touchdown. It's 20 to 17, and then with 151 left in the third. There, James is the back. And Jordan James makes a cut and scores, and Oregon on top for the first time in this championship game. Oregon takes the lead for the first time with 151 left to go in the third quarter, 24-20. And I'm like, oh, okay, we got a ball game now. Here it is. But nah. Washington, 10 plays, 75 yards, four and a half minutes off the clock. Receivers bunched over to that side. Johnson again. Bulldozes in. A flex from the Husky running game, a number seven. And it was. It was a flex from the Husky running game. Again, capped off by Dylan Johnson, one-yard touchdown. Ten plays, 75 yards. The next drive, 12 plays, 82 yards. That took 6.20 off the clock. Quentin Moore scored on a two-yard pass. And Treshawn Holden, really quick. They got the ball 63 yards, two plays, 75 yards. They score. It's 34-31. But then all they needed was Michael Penix. To bleed the clock down, and then you would expect punt it. Johnson makes a cut. Forget about that. Johnson, first down, slides down. And the Washington Huskies are going to win the final Pac-12 championship and punch a ticket to the college football playoff. Dylan Johnson, a great night for that young man. Washington with 481 total yards. Oregon, 363. Both had one turnover. Again, I think it was just the physicality of Washington, and that's why it's going to be interesting seeing them move forward. We'll talk about what's going to happen to them in bowl season, but Oregon wins 34-31. So that was a good Friday night. That was a good way to kick off the weekend. Everything's good. And I was like, all right. So it was set up good for me because of what I was intrigued in. So first off came the Dr. Pepper Big 12 championship game. And can I say this? And I'm going to sound like a curmudgeon or a Grinch, whatever. But this Dr. Pepper halftime thing with throwing the football through the Dr. Pepper cans, the fact that we've let these people go to chess passes, I don't, I don't like it. I think you should have to throw the football. And then they went to like triple overtime in this one, but then the internet sleuths found out that it was wrong, so both kids ended up getting... And look, I'm not hating on the kids. You got 100 grand. But throw the football. Don't just like... Ugh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Dr. Pepper used to be my drink of choice. Um, I kind of have to stay away from it now, but... I just, I really hate the shovel pass thing. I just, I can't get past it. But Texas taking on Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. Texas, you know, coming in, a lot of people talking, what would happen with Texas? If Texas won, would it have to be an impressive fashion? Would they have to, you know, put some style points up? Will the, you know, they beat Bama? Is that going to matter? And they came out and from the get-go, we're all over Oklahoma State. 
and Gundy, Ollie Gordon, and I want to say this about Ollie Gordon. From what I've seen of this young man, is he a phenomenal athlete? Absolutely. But the way he acts and conducts himself on the field and after games, and I just, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. And he got bottled up 13 carries, 34 yards, right when people were trying to compare him to Adrian Peterson. Don't you dare compare Ollie Gordon to Adrian Peterson. That's not, that's not even in the same. But, you know, even as an Oklahoma guy, I hated seeing Quinn Ewers have the kind of game that he did. He beat Sam Bradford's Big 12 championship game passing record because he was throwing all over the field, right? All over the field. And Sark wasn't playing around. And I know a lot of Texas fans have been kind of upset with that throughout the year because they come out, everything's flashy, it looks good, especially on the second touchdown of the game. 3-3-5 defense. Here's some trickery. It's a flea flicker. Works to perfection. Jatavion Sanders wide open for the touchdown. A.D. Mitchell had already scored a touchdown. Make it 7-0. They get the ball back against Jatavion Sanders. A beautiful flea flicker. Double reverse into it. Bam. It looks great. Texas is rolling. It's 14-0. Then on a interception, which gave Oklahoma State a, a short field um, you know, later in the game, uh, that game, the, the first drive, I'm sorry, the first drive for Oklahoma State was eight plays, 75 yards. They kind of marched out, made it 14 to seven. But then Texas, they get the ball, and I always like a big guy touchdown. Byron Murphy came in as a blocker, and it's a touchdown. Thrown to Tavondre Sweat. Both star defensive tackles were on the field. Vondre Sweat, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, a guy that I hope ends up on the Washington Commanders front line. Athletic, nimble feet, and then he struck the Heisman pose. And to me, it looked better than, than Ollie's, just saying. But Texas absolutely dominates. Arch Manning gets in the game. Um, we saw Xavier Worthy. Had to have a boot on, so you know he's got time to recoup. Texas, 662 yards. Quinn Ewers, 35 of 46, 452 through the air, four touchdowns, one interception. Guy was unreal. A.D. Mitchell, six catches, 109 yards, one touchdown. I wonder how Georgia's feeling. A.D. Mitchell, former Georgia. Jermaine Burton, former Georgia. I wonder how they're feeling with those guys gone now. But Quinn Ewers was on it. Texas dominated 49-21. They did what they were supposed to do. They did what they were supposed to do. They go out there. They hammer that team. And, you know, there's a lot of people. It wasn't a slam dunk, okay? If Oklahoma had found a way to work their way back into the Big 12 championship, which they didn't. They lost the games. Plain and simple. There was a lot of people thinking that Oklahoma, did Texas need Oklahoma in that Big 12 championship to showcase coming back? Who knows? But Texas did what they needed to do. Everybody, and, and, and you know, they talk about, and I'm going to get into this later on, but you know, Jonathan Brooks, he's out. And again, there's not a lot that, you know, I'll try to compliment Texas on, but a class act by Sarkeesian. At the end of the game, Jonathan Brooks, their do-everything running back, 
who tore his knees out for the year. Early in the game, I saw him on the sidelines in his street clothes. But the final snap, there was Brooks on the field in uniform. You know, they, he didn't do anything because he's got a torn ACL, but he was standing back in that kind of victory formation behind the quarterback. And I thought that was a good move. I thought it was a good move by Sark, and I tipped my hat. You know, that's that's a guy who, you know, really sacrificed a lot for the team. You know, coming in, big shoes to fill after B. John Robinson left last year, and Jonathan Brooks did it phenomenally. I hope his surgery goes well. I hope he fully recovers. Young man's got an extreme bright future. But the other thing that made it interesting was now Brett Yormark was going to have to eat crow. Now, this clip's a little bit long. I think it's right at a minute. But Britt Yormark trying to give the Big 12 Championship Award. Listen to the Texas fans. Okay, first of all, I want to thank Dr. Pepper, AT&T Stadium, and our great fans that set an all-time attendance record for this game. And start chanting SEC. I need to thank Oklahoma State and Coach Gundy on a great season. You can hear it. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Listen how we pronounce the Sark's name. Okay. First of all, an incredible season by the Texas Longhorns. You guys, with today's dominating performance, deserve a ticket to the CFP for sure. Okay? It's an honor to give... Coach Carcesian and the Texas Longhorns, the Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship Trophy. Who the hell is Garcesian? You're the commissioner of the Big 12. And again, I'm not a Texas fan by any stretch of the imagination. But Texas is going to bring a lot of money to your conference because of making it to the college football playoff. I know I gave a little spoiler. I'm sorry. But the way you conducted yourself was just absolutely appalling. And I'm usually not on the side of Texas fans. But I love what Texas fans did. Chanting SEC at him. Booing him. He sounded like a heel in the WWE. I love it. Give me all of that. And I can't wait. I, I, I told some people today. I really hope Texas does it. I hope Oklahoma does it in the bowl game that both teams are playing in, rip that damn Big 12 patch off. Take them off. Can't, I just, I couldn't stand it. But well done. Well done, Texas fans. They handled their business 49-21. to One of the games that started at night, and I'll get to the, to the big game here in a second, but, but the game at night, there's two games at night, and, you know, Michigan played Iowa. 
Not a great game. Not now, now, Michigan's a phenomenal team, okay? Don't get me wrong. J.J. McCarthy, talented quarterback. Blake Corum, fantastic running back. They got a swarming defense. You heard me talking with Josh Helmer last week about the Iowa chances. Really not a lot of chances. But early in the game, it was big play, you know, the big name in Michigan and Iowa, the try-hard guys, right? And there was a there was a play that came, and to me it was the biggest telltale of what Iowa really is. And I knew Michigan was going to win after this. But this is a plan, and it happened early. 25-yard line. Morgan at the 10. Morgan inside the 10. Makes two people miss. Morgan had a steam with the seam. Samaj Morgan. Watch out. The freshman down the sideline. Morgan knocked out of bounds inside the five. All right, Samaj Morgan, freshman return man for the University of Michigan, makes an outstanding play, makes two guys miss. Hits the seam. He's heading for the big time. He's looking at the big jumbotron in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Field, looking up at himself. But if you haven't seen the play, I want you to go back and watch the play. One of the first guys down, one of the first two, you heard Gus Johnson say he made two guys miss. One of the first guys down, Cohen and Tringer. And I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, and I'm sorry. Freshman defensive back from Ypsilanti, Michigan. He hits the turf like he he he, he ankles broken. He slides past. But watch the tape. He gets up, fights his way through people, and he's the one that fetches the returner from the back. Young man, you can be on my team anytime. You cannot coach with that young man displayed on the field. That's a credit to him. That's a credit to his parents, his preparedness, his his willingness to be successful. He could have just laid on the turf and been like, oh, damn, I let him go. He got up and made the tackle. Go back and watch it. Unbelievable play. I I, I tip my hat to him, man. I wish, wish you had a better team. I really do. But Blake Corm, 52 yards. LaShawn Williams had nothing really, 25 yards. Addison Onstringa, 50 yards receiving for the Hawkeyes. 18 to 32 for Deacon Hill. JJ McCarthy was 22 to 30. I mean, Michigan did what they were supposed to do, right? They covered. I thought they would. Um, Jay Higgins, another 14 tackles to add to his 141, was all over the place. Sebastian Castro in the backfield for Iowa. Trying to fill in for, not fill in, but take up for his partner, Cooper DeGene. Nick Jackson. I mean, Iowa has a good defense. Let's not get that twisted. Offense, terrible. And then, like you heard Josh say last week, Brian Ferentz is out. Michigan, number two, undefeated. They win. Look, they're in. They're in the playoff. They're in the playoff. Convincing victory, 26-0 over Iowa. I live in Birmingham, right? I live in Alabama. A lot of Bama fans. There's a lot of Georgia fans around here. I see a lot of the G around. But the SEC championship game was going to be one to really 
really, you know, just sink your teeth into. And not having any, I wanted chaos. You know, I'll admit it. I wanted chaos. I have a friend that's a Georgia fan. He texts, go dogs. I was like, nope, I'm rooting for chaos today. I want to see Bama win, and that would just throw everything into a tailspin. And it did. But I'll get into that. But man, another fantastic football game. Carson Beck played well. Better not, I mean, he's 21 to 29, 243 yards. Brock Bowers, obviously not the Brock Bowers that he that he's known to be. Five receptions, 53 yards. But Jalen Milrow, once again, now he didn't have a great night passing. 13 to 23, 192, two touchdowns. Roydell Williams stepped up. Jam Miller made a couple big plays. Bond, Burton, they're all over the place. Kendall Milton, 13 carries, 42 yards. And this was a pad-popping game, right? Pad-popping game. And it started off with Georgia really just pushing Bama around. Kendall Milton with a hesitation and then explosion. Touchdown, Georgia. Touchdown, Georgia. Eight plays, 83 yards for Kendall Milton on that drive. Not He didn't get it all, but that capped off an eight-play, 83-yard drive. Will Reichard, one of the best field goal kickers in the history right here from Hoover. Jan Miller scores a touchdown, seven. That put Alabama up 10-7. to seven. And then right before half, Jermaine Burton. Under a minute. Milrow scans the field to the end zone. And it's caught. Jermaine Burton. Touchdown, Alabama. That put him up 17-7. Third quarter comes out. Peyton Woodring, a 34-yard field goal, 17-10. Will Reichert, another field goal, 20-10. Carson Beck with a one-yard run. Makes it 27-10. Rodell Williams has a touchdown, 27-17. Kendall Melton scores. 10 plays, 75 yards. 27-24. Alabama gets the ball back, and it it comes down to, can they make a play, or will George get the ball back? Jalen Milrow, once again, showed the maturization of a kid that was benched, booed, ridiculed from his own fan base early in the season to leading his team and securing the SEC championship. And Milrow will keep it again. It's his game right now. That's it. Jalen Milrow secures it. Alabama wins 27-24. And, you know, Kirby Smart, a great coach. He just can't beat. He beat Bama for the national championship. That was good. You know, he he's beat Bama before. The national championship game, 33-18. Oh, yeah. They lost to Bama in that SEC title game. They're, they're not good against Bama in the SEC title game. Let's just say that. All right. But, I mean... Bama, kudos to you. A lot of people left you for dead early on. You lost to Texas. You go down to Tampa against South Florida and look absolutely terrible. Not good at all. Quarterback is benched. Buckner comes in, looks terrible. Like, it wasn't good, right? Wasn't good at all. But you fight back, you win. One loss on the year, you win the SEC again. So kudos to you. That leaves one more game with any importance that night. All right, a terrible offensive game. But that's not really 
I don't know. I can't really blame Brock Glenn, the freshman court. It's his first start, 8-21, 55 yards. And Lawrence Toffili looked really good, 118 yards. But the defense for Florida State really stepped up. There's first-round talent across that whole secondary. Linebackers, I mean, guys like DJ Lundy, Jared Verse. They shut down a team... That was averaging a you know a ton of yards. They shut down at 188 total yards of offense. It's almost that's over 200 yards less than what they were averaging. They had their quarterback didn't get it done. Florida State wins 16 to six. All right, they're undefeated. Conference champion. That's going to play in. So you think okay, heading into Sunday, what's going to be the announcement? What's going to be the announcement, okay? Are they going to put Florida State in? They're going to put Bam in. You know, I have it on at work, kind of peeking, listening on some headphones to them doing the whole play. They announced Michigan. Michigan deserving, number one team. They announced Washington as the number two team, deserving. Both undefeated conference champions. They announced Texas in. You know what? I don't have a problem with it. Texas beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa, something that hasn't been done a lot. It won by double digits. Did it convincingly. So Texas being in, I don't have a problem with it. As an Oklahoma fan, do I wish they were in? No, but I don't have a problem with it. But then it came down to the final slot. This leaves us with the decision that everyone thought we would end up having. Florida State or Alabama. One spot, whoever's four plays Michigan. Number five, heartbroken. Who's number four? And Alabama returns to the playoff. Go! That's Go! right. Go! The gumps are in. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. And it's not because there's, there's something like I could do a whole hour on this particular topic, but I'm disappointed because now it seems basically what they told Florida state is the brand of football you play is so inconsequential. It doesn't matter that you went undefeated and that you went undefeated going through adversity. You lost your quarterback Backup comes in, you win a rivalry game on the road at an SEC opponent. Then you bring in a third quarterback. Did he play great? No, but your defense showed you could win multiple ways, right? Right. You won a conference championship. You were undefeated. No undefeated conference champion has ever been left out. And it's funny to watch the people argue back and forth about well, Bama did this, but Florida State, look, and this is not meant to be religious or to take shots at people that are religious or anything, but people, when they get into like religious debates, you can find a Bible verse to support whatever you want, right? It's the same with sports debates. I can find a stat, do everything. Look, is Alabama the same team that they were when they lost to Texas and struggled against South Florida? No. Has Jalen Milrow probably had the best upward 
swing by a player? Probably. But Florida State won every game in front of them. So it doesn't matter. But then I hear the people say, well, the ACC is a weak conference. Okay. To that, I rebuttal. They had a winning record against the SEC. I ask this question to people. Tell me the SEC's best out-of-conference win. I'll wait. Oh, that's right. Kentucky beat Louisville a couple weeks ago. The same team that the Florida State defense held to barely six points and 188 yards scored 38 points on Kentucky, a mid-level SEC team at best. And this is why I don't like a lot of these rankings. To me, Ole Miss is overrated. Tennessee is overrated. Missouri, probably. But they're so highly ranked. But then if you do that, well, we beat the number one team. Yeah, you beat the number one team at that time. But if you're going to play when they were ranked, Florida State beat LSU when they were number five. Held them at 24 points. Against the guy that everyone's saying is going to win the S, the the Heisman Trophy, and look, I don't ha- I don't have a dog in a fight. I, I'm not I don't care that Alabama got in. I, I'm excited to watch Alabama Michigan. I think that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun, right? Alabama Michigan at the at the Rose Bowl, bring it, give me all, inject it in my veins. That is going to be a knockout drag out football game. But then it comes to you're hearing the committee talk about. Well, injuries matter. It didn't matter in 2015. Ohio State didn't have their quarterback. You let him in. Now, who knows? The, the point I make with people is that team, when, when I saw them play last year in the Cheez-It Bowl, then I saw that everybody was coming back. Jared Verse, Jordan Travis. Then they got Keon Coleman. Everybody coming back, I was like, that's a playoff team. They're coming back to make a playoff run. They believe in Mike Norvell. They believe in what they're doing. And they went out and they found a way to do it. My opinion, the best teams find ways to win. And Florida State found a way to win every football game. Bama didn't. Now, is Bama one of the best teams out there? Probably. Now everyone's saying, well, wait till we go to a 12-team playoff. Yeah, but then everyone's going to bitch about the eight and four team that didn't get in. It's going to happen. I just think this was, and it was sad that Jordan Travis had to go out and apologize. Apologize. He sent an apology saying, I'm sorry I didn't break my leg sooner. So y'all could see that this team is more than just a quarterback. There's 21 other guys on that team that busted their ass all year. And had a clean record. Went undefeated. Well, they had close games. Okay, Bama, you had a close game. You barely beat South Florida. You barely beat Arkansas, a team that got bodied by BYU at Arkansas. You barely needed a miracle on 4th and 31 to beat your rival, a bad rival, not a great rival this year. But you had close games as well. So, I mean, kudos. You found your ways to win. But Florida State found ways to win more. I don't know. I just I think now it sets a bad precedent of it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. So if you're telling me that, if you got a team with a star player and they get hurt, 
Why finish the season? It doesn't matter anymore. And you want to talk about Florida State having some anti-recruiting against them now? If I'm a guy recruiting against Florida State, you know what I'm telling them? Why do you want to go to Florida State? Even if you go undefeated, you can't make the playoffs. You got to come here. And it's a valid point now because people look at the ACC as a joke. Nobody cares that you went undefeated in the ACC. Sad. Mike Norvell was asked how he felt about it. Um, you know, I was just hurt for our players. I mean, to be honest with you, that was, uh, um, you know, it was one of the tougher moments that I've had to experience. And, you know, just for all that they've done, you know, you talk, you, you talk to a team about, uh, you know, responding to adversity, getting up and going to uh, uh, give all that you can to be able to find a way to win a college football game. And, uh, you know, like Coach Smart said, it is hard. I mean, it's hard to do. It's hard to um, – you know, especially when you face some of the adversities that, that we've had uh, you here this year, whether it's injury or just different things to overcome. But, uh, um, you know, it's it's all part of it. And, uh, you know, as we tell our team all the time, you know, you, your truest identity shows up in, in times of great adversity. And we faced it and, you know, they put it on display. Um, so that was that was really that uh, that feeling in the moment. I felt bad. And to watch those young men get told that oh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And again, I'm not mad that Bama got in. I think Bama Michigan is going to be a fantastic game. Washington, Texas, it's going to be a fantastic game. I just, I don't know, man. Florida State went, and who knows? You have 21 extra practices. Rotomaker, he was out because of concussion protocol. With that defense, you get 21 practices with the first team. To put in a game plan that fits Rotomaker, obviously he's a Division One talent. He got put on scholarship at Florida State. Now, if he'd have went out and put up points like oh, 12 gauge did in their Big Ten championship, I think they scored 58 points in that game. Would they be looked at differently? But it was like, oh, they struggled against Louisville. They still won by double digits. But it's set. It's set. The playoffs... Number one, Michigan. Number four, Alabama are going to play at the Rose Bowl. I, I still love the the field. It's, it's a beautiful game. The aesthetic is beautiful. And then you got Washington and Texas in the Sugar Bowl. It's going to be a fun playoff. It's going to be a fun playoff. And what did Florida State get for their, for their undefeated victory season? They get to play Georgia in the Orange Bowl. I'm going to go over the bowl games in the next episode. I wanted to kind of break this down, talk about the playoffs a little bit, and I'll talk more about it. I'm going to get guys on. I'm going to ask them about what they think about the playoffs. Obviously, a guy like Sean Clinch, he's going to be happy. He's a Texas guy. It's just going to be interesting to hear people's take on this. But, guys, again, I thank you for listening, taking the time out of your day to hear me talk about sports. For those that interact on social media, thank you. I'm on Twitter or X. I'm on TikTok, Sports Bites Pod. You can find me on YouTube. I got the interview up with Josh Helmer, me smoking a turkey. There's all kinds of videos out there. But I just, again, thank you for the support. Thank you for the kind words, the comments. And again, everybody, have a great day. And remember to always positively move forward. Thanks for joining us on this delicious journey through the world of sports and food on Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. We hope you've enjoyed the game day stories and culinary adventures. Don't forget to hit that subscribe.
Remember, it's not just about the game. It's about the bites that make it unforgettable. Stay hungry for more Sports Bites.